Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am very excited to be back. Uh, and my name is Will Tarashuk, the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solution. And this week, we are joined by the Focused on Why podcast with Amy Rowlandson, who is a life purpose coach and leader in purpose and fulfillment. Amy, welcome to the podcast. It's very excited to talk to you. Thanks, Will. I'm very excited to be here. All right. So um, I dug through your website a little bit, and I found that you help people focus on their why with clarity, uh, uniting their passion and purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. So I guess, tell me, tell me about that. How did you get started on focusing on per- a person's why? And I guess, what is, what is your why? How do you define your own why? Yeah, great question. So it was actually at the beginning of lock, our first lockdown last year. I had a previous podcast called the Property Book Podcast with my business partner. And we were about to take all of our business elements online. We had a network event, we were doing coaching and training, and it was all in person. And my business partner decided that he didn't want to carry on with the business anymore. Mm. So it was a bit of a shock. And I was really upset and I sort of went through a journey of questioning what is it that I was upset about? And I realized it was the podcast element that I was particularly going to miss. So with that in mind, knowing that I was going to close out the old podcast, I had a date for that. I decided that I would want to have a place where my audience could be directed to. So I set to myself this task of thinking of what is it I want to do? Why, you know, what can I help people with? And actually not having the confines of, of just talking about prop- property and practical property at that, I had lots of freedom. So I set myself a task and just spent a week and I woke up on the morning of the 1st of April last year with the idea of focus on why. Why do people do what they do? And it was just so clear for me. It was I have such a fascination with understanding what drives people in life. I spend all the, my time with my coaching clients on that question. What is it they want to do and why? And it just made sense. Focus on why. And that was it. So it sort of came out of a position of a darker place, but it, it birthed a fantastic concept and idea and podcast, which I've now recorded 150 episodes. Mm. In fact, I've just hit my 150th mark, which is just unbelievable. You know, it's not even a year yet. So, yeah. How did you how do you pull how do you pull that off? Like, do you do do daily podcasts? I mean, you know, we were we were recording this at the end of February, early March. Um, so it's supposed to be released around the time of your one year anniversary. But on 150 episodes in a year, what's what's the secret? How did you do that? Well, what happened was. Everybody was in lockdown. It was last it was last April and I reached out to a handful of people the sort of second, third, fourth of April, started recording episodes, really enjoyed it, and just kept on reaching out to more and more people. And then when I looked at how many episodes I recorded, by the time I got to launch day, which is 30th of April, I realized that if I just released you know, one one a week, it was going to be the end of the year yeah. easily before people actually got heard. So then I thought, well, this is crazy. You know, I've got lots more people who are keen to come on the show. Why not release? And I was releasing three one week for the following because I I do a reflections episode. 
after a series of guests, I, I sort of talk about elements, key learnings, and my takeaways, my reflections and observations from those episodes. Because as you know, as a host, Will, quite often when the guest comes on, they do the majority of the talking. Yep. And yet I had an audience who I knew that I wanted to sort of serve and share my insights with. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to do that as a separate episode. So I was releasing seven episodes every fortnight, which became pretty prolific, to be fair. And I dropped down to just two a week uh, from the new year. So now it's just two. But it just meant that I hit big numbers. Last October the 19th was my 100th episode, which was magic. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes because it's an opportunity where people from my audience came on and shared what they'd done since listening to the program. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's just so fantastic to hear what they've been up to. Yeah, a release schedule is a very important part of any podcast. Obviously, the biggest podcast solution, we come out every Monday morning. Um, you know, eventually, we, we, like, we have a bunch of these. I kind of have that, a similar situation to you. Like, I have a bunch of these backlogged um, where we, okay, we recorded a bunch of them a few months ago, and now they're set to release over the next coming months. But it's like, eventually, I want to start releasing two a week, maybe three a week, um, maybe eventually even one a day. But you got to kind of find that balance point between, okay, you don't want to overload your listeners, but you also don't want to create too much work for yourself. And so, okay, we're releasing these three a week. Oh, crap, I got to go back to production and start doing more interviews. So how did you... How did you kind of find that balance between how much work you have to put in, how much work in like pre-production, production, post-production post and distribution? And then how did you find that balance with relating it to your audience? That's a really good question. And I, I probably have overloaded my audience, but there, because there's no single entry point, they can dip in wherever they need to. They can look at the show notes. They can choose which episodes they want to listen to and not every episode will be for everybody in the audience but i do believe that there are value valuable lessons in all of these episodes so actually it's just a case of understanding who's listening and when when they're going to listen to it and how much time i have and it comes back down to the why what is the purpose of the podcast and for me it's about providing relatable uplifting motivating conversations which inspire others to take action and that is the one motive so I ask people to come back to me and share what it is they've done and they do and I get messages every day saying I've just listened to this episode I've reached out to that particular guest we're connecting this is what's happening this is what's going to happen and it's just fantastic you know all these collaborations that have gone on People have reached out and said this is what I'm now doing I've totally changed my approach to life I've had people come onto the show, record their episode with me. And then because, as you say, you have that backlog, they then reached out and said, please don't issue that episode out because I've totally changed now. Listening to the conversation we had, thinking about it, reflecting, I'm not doing what I want to be doing mm -hmm. and I'm now changing. And so we re-recorded an episode. This is Lara Cowan. We re-recorded her episode and it's just fantastic now to see that she was in a a sort of such a different place now from where she was a year ago she's transformed her life she's transformed her business and it's all because set about just asking those questions you know what is it you're doing why are you doing that and just really challenging who you are and it does come down to that core sort of essence within you is are you happy are you fulfilled do you love what you do 
is your you know how can you combine your vocation with your passion with your mission with your profession and find that fantastic sort of sort of icky guy moment in your life or, or mission and this is what I, I sort of encourage people to have that vision and the mission so yeah uh, that's and from my time perspective it was all about how does it fold into the business you know i've got to be commercial about this this is a huge time consumption that i'm spending on podcasting which right. is why i did drop the number of episodes because i have been doing all of the editing and the promotion myself and the distribution and the, and the marketing and that is a lot of work but because it's so in my space and i'm talking about the coaching work with the clients that, I, that come on board that they hear me and they hear my voice and they want to work with me right and yeah, and again, you, you are a life purpose coach. Now, the idea of focusing on the why, is that something that was already built into your philosophy as a purpose coach? Or is that something that was completely unique to the podcast and you built into your business? Yeah, it's that way around. So I started helping people to as a mentor, helping them build property portfolios, because that was my sort of area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that when they came to to me, it wasn't always the practical and knowledge that they needed. It was the mindset. And I, I've been in the last five years exploring more about personal development, the mindset, how we work, what it is that drives us that helped me to then connect people to the purpose behind why they were building their property portfolio. Was it the right vehicle for them to have it in their lives right now? What, what was it they're looking to achieve? And by when and what will it allow them to do it by doing that? And all of those questions led me from coaching around property, and I still do that now, but also more so talking to people and helping them with the life purpose, which folds in business, coaching, and obviously their their sort of life design. Okay. Lovely. Um, So with with your business, uh, you talk about your core areas meaning purpose, podcasting, and property. Now, how are all those three related? Because purpose and podcasting, got it, down, but property? Yeah. So what happened was three years ago, no, not three years ago now, It's time has moved on. So it was 23rd of June, 2016. Mm. And I was working, and that was a day that Brexit decision was announced in the mm. UK. And it sort of threw up a huge amount of panic amongst business, of which mine was, I was working for a company at the time, it, they, they didn't know what to do. And there was sort of several discussions that went on, and they were looking at reducing various people's work days so that they could just manage the expectations of how it was going to work. We didn't know at the time what was going to happen. We didn't know that it was then going to take another five years for all of that to sort of come through. They thought it was going to be quite a a swift transition. But what happened was I decided that actually I didn't want to be working anymore, that I was going to, I had a property that I was going to do some work on, do some refurbishment. And I, at the time I was an accidental landlord and I had been for 10 years. And what I mean by that is that we, we moved house and when we went to sell our existing house, the buyer pulled out last minute. So instead of just sort of missing out on the whole process, we let that house out instead. So we became sort of accidental landlords. 
but I was raising kids at the time. So mm. I didn't have time to do anything else on the property. So this is a perfect time for me to do some work on it. And it just happens a little bit of a serendipitous moment that my reticular activating system allowed me to see an ad in a newspaper. And it was all about how to purchase property at auctions. And it was a two hour free seminar, went along. And of course, I got upsold to a three day property investing weekend. I went to that. I got upsold again to a two year course. Now, what I saw in the potential of this was I could build a portfolio that would enable my husband to step away from a very stressful job that he'd been in for a long time. And he'd missed so much of the family life because of working long hours and being stressed. And so I used this opportunity to fast track a two-year course into three months. And I absolutely learned as much as I could pull together all the resources. I was networking. I was getting mentorships from people and I built that portfolio in three years and he retired that was I I had a set a date of the 30th of September 2019 and three days later than that so it was the 3rd of October 2019 he did step away from his job and now it's totally changed we've got freedom we've got flexibility we have choice so with that in mind that's how the, the property manifested into my life The personal development and purpose elements came as a result of doing all of the background research to get myself into that space where I was very focused. I needed to understand the benefits of compounding. I needed to become more financially literate. And there there were so many different elements. It was such a huge fast track of education in different areas. And I just wanted to start empowering other people to do the same because it means so much for me and my family that I could help others to do the same. So instead of just sort of doing it, I could now walk the walk and talk the talk and help others in the same process. Mm. Now, do you have any other podcast inspirations that's made you want to start this podcast or is, or the, your, your previous podcast? Uh, yes, it's really interesting. I like to sort of listen to guests as opposed to a so set podcast. So mm. I will tend to sort of get recommendations from friends, which is where the majority of people do find different podcasts. But I've dipped into different ones all the time. I've got quite a few friends who are podcasters, so I listen to them as well. But I started, it was a UK one called The Destructive Entrepreneur by Rob Moore. And I started listening to the, the episodes he has with guests. And I really enjoyed listening to what these people have done, their journeys, their learnings, their failures. And it really intrigued me. I used to work in recruitment. So I, I, I think just having that ability to interview people to understand what it is they want to do, what it is they're looking for. I just brought in all these different elements. And I just thought I want to be what he's doing. I want to interview all these incredible people. So he definitely inspired me to do that. But at that, I, that was at the time when I was working with him, with Rob Moore, with branding and marketing and with my business partner at the time. And so we were working on, on the previous podcast and, and then, you know, I'm still working with him, but the new podcast comes for, first and foremost. Now I just absolutely love it. It's, it's just so fun interviewing people, understanding what it is that that they're doing so yeah i do listen to other podcasts but not as many as i used to because i'm so busy producing one right trust me i i know that feeling (laughs) you're like you're like well i love all these podcasts like i can't listen to them i gotta 
do my own. I got to listen to my own voice. I got to do all this and that and all the flim flam that comes with it. Now, your podcast is so closely related to your business. So would you consider the podcast itself, focus on the why, is it more of a passion project or do you think of it as a business entity? Do you think of it as a tool for your business? Like kind of describe, talk to me about the relationship between your podcast and your business um, through that lens. Yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting one, Will, because when I first started, it was that immediate reaction to, I love podcasting, I need to put on a new show. How am I going to serve an audience? What is it that they need? What would they want to hear? And at that time, the world well, it still it still is in global pandemic. It was such a timely opportunity because people were unsure. They had uncertainty around them. And it just made sense to, to give them that inspiration and, and have that. It was at the time when I released it, it was almost like a daily motivation or inspiration tool that people could have. And so, yeah, it probably did start out being a bit of a, a passion project. But it, then the business has been built around it. So where I was already coaching, I started to see how I could then fold in all these different elements and use the, the podcast as a, a resource, as a tool for people. And quite often when I'm working with a particular client, I say, actually, just go and listen to this story. Because sometimes when you hear something that's similar to, to your life, you can sort of see it clearer and have that sort of third perspective and then they'll come back and say, I get it now. I know, I know what it is that I, I want to do, or I know what it is that I'm feeling and why I'm feeling like that. So it, it has, it definitely started out as a, a passion, but then it has moved into more of a business mm -hmm. perspective for me. Well, clearly you have the bug, the bug got you, <laughs> um, you love doing it, which is always great. Um, so how long do you think you want to keep going? Like what's what, how long do you think you want to continue the podcast? And as time goes on, do you see yourself working more on the podcast and kind of less on your business end or trying to combine them into one and the same, or are you going to try and be like, okay, I, I'm doing so much of this. I need help. I need to bring people on. Like what, what are your plans for you, you in the future as a host? And what are your plans for you in the future as the show? And how does that relate to your business? I just do a lot at you, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, they're all really relevant questions because you need to have some kind of vision of what it is that you're doing. And for me, it is a case of, yes, I will need help. I need, I need to outsource various elements so that I can be more productive in what I do best and I get a better return on, on investment. The reason I, I've still clung on to it is because I absolutely love it, which is not a good business decision. I appreciate that. So I will be outsourcing some of the elements. My husband actually does all the editing. So that's one one thing which is great. And he's happy to do that as long as it's not too many episodes. He, he did get to the point where three a week was pretty full on. Yeah. So, yeah, moving forward, moving forward, I think for me that – it's going to continue, you know, it's not going to, I'm not going to suffer from pod fade, which I know is, is quite a big thing. There's only 850,000 active podcasts right now compared to the, almost, we're just shy of the 2 million mark. So I would like to keep it going. I haven't got a clear understanding of what that looks like in terms of anything longer than the next year. 
So I, but I, I know that it will continue because I've already got enough guests through to September at this point. So it's, it's not difficult for me to, to get people on the show. It's not difficult for me to get listeners. Love, people absolutely love the show and they love what they get from it. So I guess until the podcast doesn't serve an audience anymore, I will continue to put out content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I really do believe that every business should have a podcast and a podcast itself doesn't need to be related to your business. Like obviously like people like us, like your, your, your podcast is very much related to your life purpose coaching. My podcast, this podcast is obviously related to my podcast business. Duh. But like, I also do two other podcasts, one on professional wrestling, another one on um, like American politics, American pop culture. That has very nothing to do with my actual business. But that being said, you really do need to find the balance between the podcast and your actual main source of income to say like you're a you're a chef and like you own a, a, like a small chain of restaurants but you really love your fantasy football podcast and the more your fantasy football podcast grows and more money it starts to bring in you're just like ah oh, crap i have to kind of find this balance and kind of think to myself what do i really want to do here because i have this chain of income this huge chain of income from my restaurant business but this my income is starting to really grow do I, and I really enjoy doing it. So I always, I like asking that question from business owners. Um, and I think you have probably one of the best ways to spec. Okay, listen, I love doing this. I'm going to do as much as I can, but I got to keep it realistic and outsource where I need outsourcing and make sure it makes financial sense. Um, Cause ideally you would want any income that comes in from the podcast to pay for what goes out of the podcast. So you don't want to, you don't want to dip into your actual other business funds. Yeah, and a podcast can be quite a slow burn to to, to oh, monetize for sure. it. hundred you know, percent. But but then once you gather that momentum and you have the the back catalog of all your episodes, you really do have that credibility. The visibility is is already there, and people make that connection with your voice. They trust you, and as you know, podcasting is an incredible medium for trusting in terms of the adverts or sponsorships or the affiliations that you can build in with business partnerships on an on a podcast it is the absolutely huge i mean the ad spend is just phenomenal it's, it's grown by i think it's a thousand percent in the last five years in the uk it's nowhere near the numbers of, of the us but we are looking to double in the next two years the ad spend last year i think it was just shy of 34 million and it's looking to sort of grow to about 70 plus it by 2023. Mm. So, you know, they, there is a great scope in a podcast. I agree with what you said. Absolutely. You know, everybody should have one because it, as you say, it doesn't even need to necessarily be linked to your business directly, but it does provide you with an incredible asset that you can share with people and you can, bring in all sorts of people onto a podcast that you wouldn't have anywhere near the ability to to get into their sort of their sort of realm or their visibility without a podcast people of will come from all walks of life onto your show as long as they see the benefit of it and i've reached out to to fantastic guests that i know that if i just said would you come on a facebook live they would probably say "Hmm, probably not but a podcast they know why, because they know that it's going to be there as an asset. It, it serves them really well. I, I reached out to a good friend 
who's got a great podcast. It's called Building Building Your Brand with James Burt. And he <laughs> he's, he said he was really busy. So he said, why don't, why don't you have my wife on? So I had Haley come on the show and she was brilliant. She was really good fun. We had a great conversation. When that episode went out, within a week, she'd got £16,000 worth of business from just coming on my show. And thereafter, I mean, there, there'll be more, but that was just within that one week. That was one lead. And it just goes to show that if you come on to a podcast and you, you sort of show with value, you know, you, that's where you, you focus on, you focus on the value you're giving to your audience. They will mm. absolutely love that. You know, it's not about selling. It's just about sharing good knowledge and, and sort of insights. Yeah. And, uh, anyone who listens to the show knows my acronym for podcast, the P and the P stands for personal. Um, podcasts are an incredibly personal. And like when I tell someone thing of starting a podcast, I'm like, put it this way. Like if it's say if you're trying to sell something, podcasts are incredibly personal because as I'm talking into this microphone, as you were talking into this microphone, that audio is being transmitted through the internet, but it's going directly into someone's ears. It's going right into their headphones or it's, you know, it's going into their, their Alexa app or whatever, uh, their speakers. But anyway, like most times it goes in the headphones directly into the ear. It goes right to the brain, direct shot straight to the brain. (laughs) So it's very, it's very personal. And when you listen to these people, like a certain, I know certain hosts I've listened to for years and I feel like I know them. I'm so accustomed to their voice. And like when they're speaking, I picture what they look like in my head. And then they come on video, I'm like, oh no, that's what they look like. So um, like this, that's just a whole nother experience that comes with, with podcasting. Um, the personal side behind it, which I, I just think is, is 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 quite beautiful in its own way and especially like when you when you when you talk to guests and like you if you feel a connection with them you know your audience is going to feel connected with them because they already feel connection with you so how do you how do you take something like that and apply it to guests like how much thought goes into your guests because choosing a guest for a podcast it's like yeah you easily say yeah i'm gonna talk to anybody it's fantastic but that could, that could easily backfire. Yeah, you have to be aligned with the guests that you that come on your show in terms of the value that they're going to be sharing, that the reputation that they have, that you are not going to damage your own brand by having the, the wrong people onto your show. So it, you do have to be mindful that they're going to be a good fit for your audience. And I'm not somebody who's going to bring somebody who's controversial on just to get the numbers. That's not my show. My show is to have people on who I believe are, are, have got solid, good values. And as I say, they're going to be, you know, translating more my reputation into the, the space as well. So as you say, it's really interesting that you're talking straight into the person's ears and you, they're playing their own movie of what their life is, what they're thinking Mm -hmm. as they're hearing it. And this is what I love about the podcast medium. It is often that you are exercising, walking, driving whilst Mm -hmm. you're listening. And so you're not distracted. You're not going to be checking your emails or surfing the internet or doing something else. You are listening 100% to that person. So this is where it's of such value to 
have the right people there because it is that fantastic conversation that you are now having with that the audience so it's re- for me it's it's critical to get the right people on as opposed to just anybody on for sure now do you have any any guest in particular um where people have reached out to me go that's that's the one that's the one that changed me there's been some really emotional episodes and emotional from the perspective that because when you're talking about the why when people come on and share that sometimes it's very sort of mission based and it's a it's a it's been driven through a company that whole perspective of what they're doing but others sometimes are very personal and that when they share that they get upset and that because it means so much to them why they're doing what they're doing so one episode in particular that i remember i had well actually there's a, there's a couple but the first one i'll share with you was a gentleman who did an incredible triathlon, which was to run from Marble Arch, which is the centre of, of London, all the way down to the coast and then swam the channel to France and then cycled to the Arc de Triomphe. It's called Arc to Arc. Oh, God. And he it's, did, like, it's like a 4K. Yeah. <laughs> and he did all of that in, I think, it, oh, my goodness, I think it was less than 64 hours. Wow. So it's, you know, it's absolutely phenomenal what he did. And he did that because he was raising money for Parkinson's UK and his father had Parkinson's and Louis body dementia. It was very personal to him and reliving that journey. I mean, that, that incredible feat. And he did become a world record holder for that, for that particular time that he got. And I think it was because it was so personal to him. He, he was also, he wasn't a, a professional athlete. He'd done all of this training in a very quick amount of time. And this is what happens when you are so driven by your why, you're so focused on your why, because you absolutely know what it means to you to to fulfill that particular exercise. And he did it. And when he was retelling the story, I was asking a few questions and he started crying. He said, what are you doing to me? And I said, I'm not doing anything. This is what happens when you tap into that space that it really Mm -hmm. means something. So that was one episode that a lot of people then came back and and shared that it really, really sort of triggered for them uh, a lot of purpose and a lot of inspiration for them to get to do things for charities, to do things for various things. And then Parkinson's UK, the charity actually reached out to me and I then helped them and sponsored their episode. They had a campaign last November. So I used it at the beginning at pre-roll. I put their campaign on all my episodes. And that came about as a, from, from just hearing that particular episode. So that, yeah, that, that was a great collaboration. The other episode is, I don't know if you've heard of this, is a particular makeup brand for men called Warpaint. No. And the, oh, it's a fantastic brand. And the guy who founded it really suffered and was very bullied at, at school and suffered from body dysmorphia. And his name's Danny Gray. And he came on the show and he shared again why he does what he does. And that is to help people to have confidence. And they get that through having the the makeup that that he provides. He's got a fantastic range. And nobody's gone to the places that he's gone to. And he set up concessions at big department stores. And it's all available, obviously, online now because the shops aren't open. But... What was great is that he convinced 
big department stores, the demographic would be across the board, but it would he would surprise them by being able to help people who are over 50, even, you know, and this is, this is what, you know, people can believe this, that, that that's what was going to happen, but it does. I mean, all ages have reached out to Danny and said that he has changed their life. And that was purely because of a trauma that he had received growing up and a, and a real need to change. And that was what drove him to do that. So those are two episodes I can think of right now, but it's really hard, Will, to choose favorite, favorite episodes. It's like asking me to choose between my children. <laughs> They're yeah, all no, I, I, to- I totally understand. And sometimes, well, sometimes <laughs> when I say, well, I, I, sometimes I'll say, you know, what, what episodes are your favorite? What stand out to you? One question I will never ask, or I try to avoid asking at all possible. Okay. Which one is the stinkers? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, a, that's just, that's just, yeah. we, all, we all have them. It happens. It's inevitable, but it's just rude to ask on a public forum. Yeah. And I want to throw someone under the bus. And you know, yeah. even asking a favorite episode—that's that's tough. It's it's hard for me to pick a favorite episode, um, because I do like I like all of them for different reasons. There's a few that stand out. You know, like on this podcast in particular, one guy I always go to is the podcast I talked to with the gentleman who has been podcasting since 2004, um, and talking to him about the origins of podcasting and what it was like in the early days. See, that one stands out to me the most because I was the most curious. It's like, okay, I started in 2015 and it was a little difficult, kind of like a wild west, kind of figure things off my own. What was it like 11 years prior? So that one always sticks out. Um, or a- another one where um, this guy kind of talks about his crazy journey, his crazy story. It was just, it's, it's a wild guy. That one always sticks out. But I like all of them for different reasons. Um, and like, you know, there's, there's something similar. It's like, yeah, like yours, like who, who we got connected by, uh, Shopa, Shopa P, uh, connected us. So like th- th- this podcast would get categorized, at least in my brain, with that one because it's very, it's very similar in what you guys, what you guys do. And there's another podcast I was literally out there called The Why, who I talked to. So that would be in my brain as, along with this one. So yeah, you're right. They all are very special for different reasons, um, but some always stand out. So I guess my next question is, how do you, how do you, how do you find your guests? Like, how did you find? This guy who does makeup for men, because yeah, I would love to talk to him personally. Like, it's even it's not even on a podcast. Like, okay, how did you start that business? Because you're already starting off with what could potentially be, at least to the common person, think is a very small demographic. So, like, how do you find someone like that? How do you find someone who who ran from the London swam the English Channel and end up in France? Like, how do you how do you find these people and decide to bring them on the podcast? That's really, really interesting because actually I haven't had to work for it at all. It's been really easy. And that's because a lot of people have been recommended to me. Mm. They've listened to my show. So I started off straight away. I had people in my network that had so existing friends and people who I'd heard speak because I'm in the professional speaking association. So I, I knew and, and had a, a good sort of broad variety of people that could come on the show already existing so I reached out to those first and then people started recommending and they don't stop Uh, every day in my email inbox I've got an introduction from one of my guests introducing another one of my guests potentially a guest and so that has just that that has just become 
really easy for me. I don't have to worry about sourcing. I mean, I still, whenever I'm watching something on TV or if I'm, if I see a particular news item, I think, okay, I'm going to reach out to them, you know, because that, that piques my interest and oh my goodness, I've got such a big long list, but that that's when you asked me earlier, you know, what's the longevity of this show? Well, you know, until I stop finding great guests, which is going to be tricky, and it, you know, people find that uh, they don't want to listen anymore. And again, I don't. I think that's going to ever happen because people are naturally curious. So yes, it, it was existing network. So LinkedIn, I would look at look at who I had there, and and then it was a case of recommendations. One particular chain reaction was I. I got an email that I got a LinkedIn message from somebody else, another podcaster looking to do a pod swap and great plan. Let's do that. We would, we then sort of looked at who we'd had different guests on our shows and he recommended me to speak to Lee Hayes and she's a speaker agent in the U S. So I had her on my show. Absolutely fantastic. Her brother is Mike McCallowich, which who's the author of profit first or fix us next. Well, both of those, and she. But she's a speaker agent, so she then connected me with other speakers that she knows who would be a great fit for the show, and she recommended me to three different people. So we're already at one, two, two, and then the third point now, and then so Lee Hayes. So it was John Ball, Lee Hayes, then Cindy Ashton. Cindy Ashton came on, recommended me to Cindy. Uh, Tanya Stirl, and then Tanya Stirl has recommended me on to another lady. So we've got five people just from that one message in my LinkedIn box. And mm. that, so it's easy, really simple. So you unlocked it's because of the. Oh, okay, so you, you unlocked a cheat code. You got your audience to work for you. Well, you know, when it works and, and that, that's the beauty of it. If, when they enjoy being on the show, they enjoy the rapport that you build with the, with the guest and they feel valued. They felt that it was a really good performance that you've put on here together as a, as a, a working dynamic. And, and that's what's so important about being a great host and being a great guest and having that sort of relationship work is you, you do put on this fantastic opportunity and it's unique because of the, the different questions that I ask. And I'm very clear that I start out with one question at that beginning of the podcast and, and then the rest of it is all in that space. I have no set questions other than that one starting point. And that is, what are you doing at the moment? They start sharing that. They then I send that, and then it sort of tends to be, well, what were you doing before? And the mission and the vision and the why will come as a natural part of the course of that conversation. And I just listen from the perspective of, of what is it the audience are thinking right now? Right. What is it that they would want me to ask my guest right now? And so I'm just jotting little notes of things they're saying down. I'm just mentally recording that to come and circle back to something. Because if I had a set of set questions and I just launched straight in and asked those, I would miss the gold or the potential to explore, to find and discover that gold within the conversation. And so often when I listen to other interviews, you can hear, you can hear that just on that tipping point of sharing something just so incredibly amazing. And it, they don't, the, the host is so concerned about, right, what's the next question I've got planned? Right that they miss that moment. And I just think, oh, what a shame. 
And that's, I think that's, you talk about having a cheat code. This is my cheat code for being in the moment, being in that space and taking complete notice of what my guests are sharing. Yeah, I, th- I think as a host, you need, you need, you need to, you need to find that balance. Again, it's, it's a, a lot of my thing is about, a lot of my philosophy is in general in life is about balance. So like as, as a podcast host, like, yeah, like I, I have a set benchmark of questions I can always fall back on. But like in terms of me with preparation, I like to, I like to, well, one, I listen to the guest podcast as much as I can, formulate some questions that I'm genuinely interested in. I got to have a website, I go to the website, search the website, you know, get a idea of who they are as a person, ask some questions about that. But like I, I have, I have like probably 25 questions written down on this, on this uh, Google doc that I know I'm not going to get to because one, they were already answered or two, because you know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. And as you're talking like I'm, I'm listening, generally listening. Just think, okay, how can I, how can I take what, what she or the, and the guest, or in this case, she is saying, and link it to a next thing. But also, it's like, okay, pay attention because they might throw something at you, and you might just think, okay, I'm gonna go down this road and then circle back. So that gets like for me as a host, it's always challenging because I'm listening and falling back on questions I have, but also because I might just go down a different road. Like when you, when you throw out that someone just swim across the English channel, it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta circle back to that somehow. Cause that's just incredible. So like, I guess you, you did your preparation. It's like, okay, it's not a focal question. Brilliant. But is there ever a point you gotta go, ah, oh, crap. Now what? So you gotta kind of, or you just go, you know what? No, we're just going to literally let it ride. And if it's 13 minutes, it's 13 minutes. I think it's because of my topic, Will, that it it just becomes so easy to, and it's because it's someone's journey, it's their whole philosophy, it's it's everything about them, it's their essence. So it's a, it's a much bigger topic than if you're just going niche in a particular space and you're talking about a particular business venture or something. So it's, it's you you can go anywhere, you know, it yeah. really can. The conversation can go anywhere, and often it does. And I'm a big advocate for midlife beginnings. And this has definitely been an opportunity for me in my midlife to explore more. I've created new businesses. I've created sort of new, new way of living. And I'm advocating that so that my audience, this is, this is the opportunities that you have too. It's never too late to be who you might have been. And this is such an important thing, which is why the whole search for meaning in life is is just the, the crux of what i i do in everything i do yeah uh any any dream guests oh yes i would love to have oprah winfrey as my guest so that i can ask her the questions that she asks everybody else <laughs> i would also i'd love to have there's actually there's several women so brené brown i'd love to have her on the show i would love to have michelle obama mm. and yeah that they're my sort of top 3 there there are also other people who are at the forefront in their industries in their spaces and they would be much just more of a personal interest and also i love sport so i'd like to get more people from sport on on board i i bet i bet six i was i was waiting for you to say some famous uk people but no they're all american um ah. i i bet i bet the sports are all gonna be either either you know soccer you know football americans american soccer uh players or rugby players or cricket players or 
Oh, that's that's hilarious. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the Olympics as well. So mm. there would be Olympians. Olympians would probably be top of my list. And there's there's one particular who's Steve Redgrave, who because my my sport when I grow grew up was rowing. So I'm a big fan of of that. And yes, so Steve Redgrave would be there. But also maybe some explorers. That would be quite cool. Uh, sort of Ranulph Fiennes would be awesome. Have you had any, I guess... I guess celebrities slash famous people, world-renowned people. Have you have you had any of them on your show? Because a prepping for a show like that is a thousand percent different. Because say say you you had Oprah Winfrey on. Okay, next month Oprah. She's scheduled. She's not canceling. It's happening. And you go, oh, what am I gonna ask her? Because you know, obviously, it's Oprah. There's no one bigger in the world than Oprah, but you want to you want to ask her big questions, but you also want to ask her something she's been asked a billion times over. So have you ha- have you had to encounter anything like that yet? Yeah, so th- this is really interesting because what I do is I have a pre-call with everybody beforehand and I I go through that with them and I want to make sure that I bring something different to to the space so I will ask them what is it that you could talk about or bring into this that will be different in this space and quite often they do because it is a different type of podcast anyway so yeah I mean if I had Oprah on my goodness what hasn't she sort of shared in in all of the interviews that she's done and all of the books she's written I don't know I don't we'd have to have that conversation in the same way that I would have with all of my other guests yeah so yeah I I I'd probably be quite starstruck, so it would be uh, you know a little bit awkward, a little bit stilted, to be fair. But I will give it at my best shot. Maybe I won't reach out just yet until I'm a bit more established. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Now, now I want to talk to Oprah. <laughs> you got, you got me. Want to talk <laughs> to Oprah? It's a race. It's a race. We're, we're on. <laughs> it's so. It's always. It's always interesting too. Like even now, I was just. I was just thinking of this. You know, dream. Like I was thinking of a dream guest of mine. I was thinking, okay, who are my podcast inspirations? You know, I'd love to talk to Joe Rogan, but I'm like, wait a minute. No, scratch that. Screw dream guest. I want to be a guest. That's my dream. I want to be a guest on Joe Rogan. Is there any, like, is, is, are you, are you a common podcast guest? Am I one of your first podcast guests? You do, you do pod swaps. Um, but I guess how often are you a guest on other people's podcasts? That's a question I've never, that's a question I've never asked someone actually. Oh, very good. Okay, so I've done about 30. Okay. So th- then I make them all available on my website as well. So this one, as soon as it, it's gone live, I just get the thumbnail and I put it on my media page so that people can find it there. So if they come to me and they see me, they can then also find everything I do externally as well. Mm-hmm. So are there, are there any, any podcasts that go, wow, I hope I get big enough where so-and-so wants me to be a guest? Oh, well, I, I'd love to. I'd love to go on Oprah. <laughs> I'd like to go on Michelle Obama's. Um, yeah, I'd go go on on that one. That'd be great. Uh, do you know? Well, I just love sharing why I do what I do, and it doesn't need to be a big show. If it my my mission continues to be, if I reach one person in the audience and inspire them to take action, and that they then go on to do something and. meaningful and purpose-driven and changes their life in a positive way then that is mission accomplished so I don't need to be on the big shows I just need to speak to as many people as I can but that one person 
I hope you're hearing me. No, I'm, I'm sure they are. I, I feel, I feel the same way. I, I don't, I don't, I like, obviously listeners are important, but if I can reach one person and they really enjoy it and they come back the next week, it's mission accomplished. Um, I mean, one of the most, one of the most surreal experiences ever was, was meeting a fan. Um, my wrestling podcast, you know, meeting, meeting someone or someone saying like, I love your show. It was just like the most humbling and the most, weird experience and it, it's it, no matter how long I've been doing it no matter how many fans I have it it keeps it keeps getting stranger like you know my, my wrestling podcast we have we have merchandise that we sell on teespring.com interesting let's plug right there but like one of the things we offer is one of my own logos the Willie T logo and it's available on like a bedspread like a comforter and uh Ricky my, my co-host sends me a picture and goes the Vaz family bought your uh your bet your comforter for their son Johnny, and they sent me a picture of this green bedspread on their eleven year old kid's bed. I'm just like, what is going? What has my life become? Like, why would you? Why would you buy this? <laughs> like, but again, it's That's it's awesome. it's so humbling. It's it's the it's the craziest experience. So have you had anything like that where you know you know people reach out to you and be like, you know, I love that you do this. Thank you so much. But have you had kind of had that? in-person experience like even back to the wrestling show my third co-host dk murphy they started out as a fan they they listened to us and loved us and i remember when i met them for the very first time it was like i knew them for years and i just knew them from being a fan of my podcast yeah so a lot of a lot of people have reached out to me and sent the, sort of those first messages to say, absolutely love what your sh- your show's doing, what I'm able to do as a result of it. And one person in particular said that I was the water to a seed she'd planted. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, wow. that's so that's so lovely. What a great metaphor. And, and then other people have said, as, as you just said, Will, I feel like I already know you. I want to work with you when can we start? Right. And that, like, that's the easiest sort of cold to hot <laughs> sort of trans, transformation in terms of, you know, this is what, this is what happens. You don't know that the people are listening and that they, they're listening to all these episodes because I've now had over 200 and oh, just under 250 out there. It's or over more than that now across the two podcasts. It's, it's really interesting because people are listening and they're not necessarily giving you feedback. And so when they come to you, they feel like they do know you. They, they know so much about you. And because also I, I go on other shows and share different things, they, they do know huge amounts. So those fans, yeah, I haven't had the chance to meet lots of them in person because we're still in lockdown since yeah. you know I've launched this show. But I think that what happens is when you spend an hour with a guest and today we've had an hour of conversation together that is you know, much more than you would do if you'd gone to a networking event or mm-hmm. if you'd met at a party or something, you just have a couple of minutes. And so think about how quickly you establish that relationship and that rapport with someone. You know, I have made incredible friends through the podcast. And as you say, you, you've had, you've now got business collaborations and partnerships because of that. So it does bring you, and I go right back to where I started earlier. It's all about that trust and, and the relationship that you're building with your audience. It's Mm. incredible. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I guess last question, um, where do you want your podcast to be in six months, a year, 
five years? What's 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 the end game for focus so, on why? Well, there's going to be some other things that are coming up soon as well, which are all linked to the podcast, which will be I'm um, writing a book. Mm. So it will it will sit really nicely with with the show. The show, I would actually really love it to become a an actual TV show. I'd love to have the guests there. Very different reasons. Uh, but I and I will still keep a podcast version of the of the of the show as well. But I'd like to have that chat show that that people could sort of sit and watch and be that staple. We have a fantastic show in the UK called the Graham Norton Show. And I know that there's some really good, like your Saturday night live shows and the various chat shows like that. So I'd love to, to sort of take it into that space at some point, but that that's a few years away. Mm. But for the next year, I've already got that mapped out because I've got all the guests ready. Beyond that, let's just see where it goes because as you know, in the world of podcasting, so many things can change. You can have a different opportunity that comes your way and you just don't see it coming. It could be one particular guest in the next couple of shows that then says, actually, let's do this together. So I'm, I'm ready for it to explore further and let it go. But I, I really do feel that the podcasting is going to continue to explode i mean it really has it took a while to 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 get started if as you said it started in so 2004 and it was popularized by adam curry and yep. then itunes took it on board in june 2005 so you know that has taken a long time to get to where we are now really but as you said you now have smart speakers which you can access in your home everybody's got using their smartphones to listen to podcasts, I think the accessibility has really changed. And I think that, that the, the demand is going to change as well, which is reflected in the ad spend that you can see the growth there as well. Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of things in podcasting are going to change over the next five years. Some, a lot of it for the good, most of it for the good, but I think some of it for the the bad. I, I, see, I see a lot of, because it's not really, podcasting in general isn't really corporatized. It isn't really like formalized. They're like, there really is no right or wrong way to do someone. Like if someone asks me, how long should my podcast be? I go, how long do you want it to be? It's not like TV where there's 22 minutes and then eight minutes of ad breaks or 42 minutes and 18 minutes of ad breaks. It's, it's, it's not structured like that. If you want an eight minute podcast, do an eight minute podcast. You want to release it every 45 minutes, release it every 45 minutes. You want to go live for eight hours a day, go live for eight hours a day. Someone will listen to it. There's something out there for literally everybody. There is no right or wrong way to do it. Um, for the most part, <laughs> for the, for the most, for the most part. And that's why the, the podcast, the P stands for personal and it's how you want to do it. And as long as, um, people keep in mind that there's also no such thing as exclusivity. Like I listen to my podcast on Stitcher because I am an Android user. All of them on Stitcher. I think Stitcher has a great user interface. Uh, I think their their way they're there. You can download stuff is fantastic. Obviously Joe Rogan, I listen to on Spotify because I have to, uh, but that is another one. Um, the Sam Harris podcast, making sense of Sam Harris where I have to listen to him on pocket cast because he has a subscriber feed. The only podcast I actually pay for. So, there's a lot of different ways you can make content, but as a podcast, the most important thing you can do is give your listener options, give them choices, make it the best product for them. Cause you make when you make 
it for them, it's going to be the most successful. I think that's a little bit different than as opposed to like a show on Netflix or a TV show on Disney Plus. You know, like for the Marvel Universe, they want it to be the what makes most sense for the universe. And if they like it, they like it. They don't, they don't. Whereas podcasts, you need to make it about your listener because your product is free. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unless, you, as you say, it's a, a sort of a Patreon subscriber yeah, service. That too. But Amy, I, I have a bunch of different questions I could scroll down to. We can probably talk for two more hours, but I'm going to save them because I want to see how your podcast grows and, uh, and see if you can become the next David Letterman uh, as, a, as a late night talk show host. So I will for sure bring you back in the near future and we can do this all over again. But until then, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I've had an absolute ball. Thank you so much, Will. It's been brilliant. Of course. And please tell everyone listening out there where they can find you, your website, your podcast, your social channels, how they can get in touch with you. Please, all of your plugs you want to do, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. So really simple. Just go to my website, which is amyrolinson.com. Everything's there. You can connect with me on all the social media from there. And you can find the podcast there too. Focus on why. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Amy Rowlandson. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more, go over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. The Ambiguous Podcast Solution podcast is the flagship of our network. All of our other interviews are on there with myself. I've done most of them at this point. Our, our other hosts are Jared Laverne, our head of marketing, and Nash Moore, our director of operations. If you want to be a guest on this podcast. You want me to interview you. If you really like me as a host, feel free to reach out to me at will at APSpodcast.com. That's W-I-L-L at A-P-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. I would love to talk to you and connect with you. But until then, all of our other podcasts can be found at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and possibly just maybe brand new host. But until then, enjoy the world.